In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. So welcome to our first official episode. What are we talking about today? We are going to explain the legal concepts of assault and battery. So we're going to give you basic legal definitions and then apply those to facts as we've all witnessed them in Real Housewives. Great. So do you want to start by giving a definition of what an assault is? When I was in law school over a decade ago and we learned the definition of assault, it was the fear or imminent apprehension of immediate bodily harm. Assault wasn't physical contact or touching. Like if you think about assault with a deadly weapon, that doesn't mean that you've been hit or shot with a deadly weapon. It means someone's pointed a loaded gun at you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to give us some examples like from the show or the different franchises of assault? I would say Amsterdam season five, episode 16, Lisa Renna and Kim Richards. When Lisa Renna lunges across the table at Kim Richards and breaks a wine glass, I think Kim would have felt assaulted. She literally lunged at her, broke a wine glass and was screaming. If Kim at the time was afraid that Lisa Renna was actually going to make physical contact with her, she could feel assaulted. In court, I think it's important to understand that it's like the reasonable person standard. Right. So like there was a threat of an imminent harm. Kim's testimony would be persuasive, like whether or not she felt it, but then it's the jury deciding whether or not it was reasonable for her to feel that way. Correct? Yeah. And, and most jurisdictions that I have some familiarity with the jury instructions would say, you know, would a re- would this have caused a reasonable person to fear immediate bodily harm? Another example would be in Potomac, where Candace throws the butter knife at Ashley when they're at Candace's house. You could look at Ashley's face. She was not afraid in that instance. <laughs> no. And if anything, it was funny 
I mean, Candace was clearly unhinged and her, and her husband was pulling her away. I wouldn't, as an attorney, want to make that argument in front of a jury that Ashley actually experienced assault. Um, okay, so then that's assault. Now, battery takes it up a tiny notch, and it's actually the physical act that results in harmful or offensive contact. So like in law school for us, it was like assault was kind of the threat of harm, and then battery was the actual touch. Like you said, it goes hand in hand generally together, um, but battery is when it actually there's physical contact. This can be things like pushing or shoving, spitting in someone's face, um, throwing an object at someone. I think you have some really good examples from Real Housewives. In this episode, we're going to get into detail with the fight between Monique and Candace on Potomac. There are some previous really good examples from this that also involve hair pulling. Real Housewives in New Jersey, that whole franchise is a legal goldmine of material for us, and we will also get into that in future episodes. Mm -hmm. In one of the earlier seasons, Jacqueline Larita's daughter, Ashley, sneaks up behind Danielle Staub and yanks her hair. And Danielle was running away from other people, had no idea that Ashley was even behind her. And all of a sudden, her head is just yanked back. Ashley really grabbed onto her hair. And Ashley was charged, misdemeanor battery for that. So that's a good example of battery. And because Danielle didn't even know it was coming, there isn't any fear, imminent apprehension of that coming from Ashley. So that wouldn't be an assault. Well, we have a lot of examples. We have so much stuff to cover in this show. The one though, that we're going to cover today is the Monique and Candace fight, which I think there's been so much discussion about it. So much like analysis. I think people want answers as to like who was in the right and who was in the wrong. Yeah. And I don't think we're here to give people those answers, but I think we're here to give people some context so they can figure out the answers for themselves. I, I don't think anyone will ever get answers because it didn't go to court. We don't really right. know, but yeah. What, what are we going to be talking about today? Like what well, I mean, people expect? So say if this had gone to court, what would each side have had to prove? We'll go through the factual scenario. I actually recently have kind of changed my opinion about this fight now that Ceci showed me some <laughs> things. I had, I was honestly, I was so appalled by Monique grabbing Candace's hair and holding her down for so long. I didn't do a frame by frame analysis, but that's been done y'all and we have it. And it's really changed my opinion a bit. So we'll go through the facts and discuss that. We'll apply those to the law. And then we'll also talk about some defenses um, or some po- po- possible mitigating factors. I think I've seen a lot on social media, people saying that Monique was provoked or vice versa, or there was some self-defense there. So we'll dig into that and let you know what self-defense is, what is provocation and adequate defense and give our opinions on it. Yeah. And that's super important. I feel like there has been, just like you said, so much discussion of okay, well, I mean, she was provoked into the fight or it doesn't matter if she was provoked or not. It's, you know, and what is self-defense? And these are honestly things that I believe should be taught. And it's a shame we graduate from high school and we don't have like law 101, you Mm -hmm. know? I think you should graduate high school and they should teach you basic constitutional laws. So you know what the police are and are not allowed to do. And, you know, just some basic legal concepts. So hopefully you'll get to hear us and learn things. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that this fight though is a really good example of how you can end up on either side when you're representing someone. I primarily do defense work, but I could see myself agreeing with plaintiffs a lot of the times. 
But I think that just like goes to show how gray these legal concepts are, but it makes it really exciting. And I think that's what I enjoy about being an attorney is that you have to make everyone believe your side. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not, but. I completely agree with you. And to build on what you're saying, I think when you are an attorney and I've been in private practice, I've also been on the prosecution side and work for the government. I've done both plaintiff's work and defense work. And one of the things that you have to learn how to do is evaluate a case. And to really do that, you have to look at it from every angle and you have to look at it objectively before you pick a side. And I think that's something that, and especially in the United States today, everybody could work a little harder at. That's something for once that I think lawyers do well that is a good thing that everyone else, you know, it's like our one good thing. <laughs> examine yeah. examine the facts objectively without bias before mm-hmm. you make your case. I think when we when you do that, it just really kind of changes the way your mind works a little bit and mm-hmm. helps you in other areas of your life. Yeah. And I think like because we're both on Reddit, on the subreddit for the Real Housewives. Which is how we met. And like which is how we met. But there's like so many people talking about this fight and so many people like on either side of it. And I think it's just like such a perfect example of cases. Yeah. Let's get into it. Do you want to talk about the case facts? What happened? How did we get to this fight? To set the scene, this group of friends at Potomac is at a winery where Giselle is the host of the event. She is hosting the event in honor of herself. Which is shocking. I love it. And she's like, look, it's yeah. not even lie. It's about me. This is my event. It's about me. Ashley shows up, who is another friend. Uh, her husband has just been caught cheating on her on video. She talks about that and says, oh, yeah, we have an open relationship. We have threesomes and all of this stuff happens. But that isn't even like the apex of the episode. <laughs> it felt it felt like that's where it was going to end. And that would have been like juicy in and of itself, when she was like, we have an open relationship. We've had threesomes. Yeah. Boom, and that was it. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is great. And it's only been the first like two minutes of the episode. All of this information comes out. Okay. Monique and Candace get into just a nonsense verbal altercation. Their relationship has been kind of going downhill for like a season and a half now. They used to be really, really close friends. And now it's kind of like deteriorating with weird comments, weird text messages. I think Candace has a lot of tweets attacking Monique. Candace's tweets are not okay. No, (laughs) gosh. Um, Monique gets mad at her for not, for dropping out of her podcast. And then this is, there's a bunch of other little things that come up in the fight, but this is kind of like, the climax of their deterioration of their friendship. Ostensibly, what they're arguing about here is whether or not Monique was pretending like she was asleep when Candace left her guest house or lake house. It like there's like a tipping point. Uh, Monique says, "Do y'all not understand what I went through?" And then looking at Candace, well, you wouldn't understand. You ain't got kids, so just whatever. This is an example of an ad hominem attack, which ad hominem means when you attack a person's character or their characteristics instead of responding to the actual argument. Like whether or not Candace has kids has no relevance as to whether or not Monique was actually asleep. It doesn't move the argument forward in any way. It only attacks someone's either character or who they are as a person and their personal characteristics, i.e. not having kids. Her kids weren't at the lake house, so... (laughs) <laughs> but there's no way, I mean, there's no way for, I mean, how is, how is Monique going to prove uh, to Candace that she wasn't, that, or that she was asleep? Like how, right. 
you know, like it's a, stu- you can't, that's an argument that you shouldn't engage in because you can't, you can say, look, I was, I was asleep. If you don't believe me, that's fine. There's nothing I can do to prove it to you. I'm sorry that you don't believe me when mm-hmm. I tell you the truth. Like that's, that's as far as you can go with that. Right. That's the point. But <laughs> when Monique says you don't have kids, you would understand Kansas's immediate response is your mom shaming. So in response to the ad hominem attack, Candace has a straw man attack, which says like your mom shaming, which that isn't even what mom shaming is. Ceci, what's mom shaming? It's when you have kids, someone is attacking the way that you're rearing your children or like your decisions as a mother. She's taking like one piece of what Monique said and like carrying that on instead of like going back to the purpose of the argument, which was the, the sleeping. Every verbal part of this between Monique and Candace is just word garbage. You don't learn anything from either one. Neither one of them makes a valid point. Neither one of them stays on topic, which is classic for, you know, a housewife's argument. The whole thing appears to be each of them beating each other verbally to a physical attack. Candace may have just been intending to be annoying, but I mean, she's been asking Monique to drag her for quite some time now, like over (laughs) one season. So, (laughs) right, right. You know, there's just nothing useful with the the words here. You don't learn anything. It doesn't move anybody's uh, storyline forward. It doesn't, there's nothing. So mm-hmm. there's more questions than answers right now. Right, right. Let's just talk about this. The first time you watched the fight, what was your immediate impression? I think it might be similar to yours that it was just, Monique grabbing Candace's hair felt like it lasted an eternity. I watched it and I was like, oh my God, she won't let go. Yeah. And it was like five producers came out from the woodworks and were trying to get her to let go. And it was just an uncomfortably long amount of time. I think anybody watching it the first time around is going to be pretty appalled by Monique because it's scary Mm -hmm. Uh, watching her whole like not let go. And not even getting to the part where she like tries to leave After. and go back. But as attorneys, you just start to parse through the facts. And Ceci, you did a really good job with this. So we sat down before the <laughs> podcast today and I was, you know, Ceci convinced like I hundred percent. Like if I, I was like, oh, totally changed my opinion about how this fight worked. So I was ready to just be like, you know what? She should have just backed away. And, and but either one of them could have. Okay. Let's talk about like the physical altercation one by one. And we have screenshots and we will be posting those on our, uh, social media. So, um, as our our exhibits, uh, yeah, yeah, they'll be marked as exhibits. Okay. So the physical portion of this altercation, let's just start from where Candace has her wine glass in her hand and she has a white wine glass in her left hand. And then she picks up the knife from the table, which I think is like a cheese knife or something um, Mm -hmm. and bangs it on the wine glass and is like moving on, you know, wanting to just ignore what Monique is trying to say. Wendy very wisely takes the knife out of Candace's right hand. Giselle comments and says, no knives for you. Wendy also tries to take the wine glass out of Candace's left hand, but Candace is like, no, this is my wine. I'm drinking it. Keeps the wine in her left hand. And it's, pr- it's pretty full. But to be fair, I would have wanted to keep my wine in my glass. I know. I wouldn't have let somebody well. take my wine away from me either. <laughs> no. I'd been like, I'm fine. What are you talking yeah. about? Chill. Wendy gets a civility award for this because not only does she not egg anything on, she tries to deescalate. So mm-hmm. 
So then they, they start leaning in at each other from across the table. Tell me where I get this right or wrong. Monique leans in and is flipping Candace's hair, right? Mm-hmm. She does a hair yeah. flip. Candace doesn't do anything at that point, right? She just still has her wine glass in her left hand. Yeah. And Monique does the second hair flip. Mm-hmm. And then what happens next? Then Candace reaches over, I think with her right hand, reaches across the table and grabs Monique's vest. And that's something you can see in a screenshot, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, their only physical contact that's occurred, and this is important, is Monique flipping Candace's hair. She's not, she's, you know, putting her hand right in front of her face. Her hair is like on her shoulder and Monique's just kind of flipping it. And it's almost like something you'd see kids do. Mm-hmm. I'm not touching you. I'm not, tu- you know, like in the backseat of a car. It was, it was right. pretty juvenile, actually. Like, mom, Monique's flipping my hair. You know, it was. <laughs> When Candace grabs Monique's vest, does she hold on to it? Can you tell from the screenshots? No, I can't tell from the screenshots, but I know when she meets with her therapist after the fight, she admits to pulling on her vest. So maybe it was like the same kind of like pool as the flip was. So kind of just like a pool. But it's also hard to tell because then it's like Giselle's arm also gets in and pushes Monique at the same time. Yes. And then it moves really quickly from there because I think Monique perceived that to be both Candace's arm and like a bigger, bigger deal than it was maybe. And Giselle's trying to push them away to kind of separate them because they are, they're leaning across a table to do this. We've identified the arms and actually lipstickalley.com has a thread on this where they've done some of this too. But from the jewelry, we can tell. And then also from the clothing, like the sleeves, we can Mm -hmm. tell the right arm from the left arm, even if you can't see the whole hand and who's touching who. Candace grabs and like, like kind of yanks tugs on the vest. What happens next? Then Monique grabs Candace's wig with her right hand. So then she pulls on her hair. And she's still got her wine in her left hand, her full glass of wine. Candace. Yes. Candace still has a full glass of wine in her left hand. So if we're setting the scene for a jury, what we're going to describe is there's two women across the table from each other. Uh, The woman on, if you're facing them, the woman on the left-hand side, which is Monique, reaches across the table and grabs Candace's hair with her right hand. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Candace has a full wine glass in her left hand that's still there. And she does what? She tosses it in Monique's face. Okay. So now it is no longer full yeah. <laughs> white wine. And you can see this, there's screenshots. You can see like the wine fully going to Monique's face and it splashes on Robin. So Monique's eyes are then closed, like her eyes are closed and she reaches out and grabs Candace's hair with, I believe, her left hand. Yeah. So now she has, yeah, both hands on her hair. But then the, but Candace's wine glass, which is still in her left hand is broken and she's attempting to hit Monique with it. You can see the broken wine glass in her hand. So there's like the stem and then part of the bowl of the wine glass that's still there. You can see Candace trying to hit Monique with the broken wine glass. Mm -hmm. And this is like a little fuzzy. I think she does hit her with a wine glass, like because Monique then ends up a cut bleeding lip after, but you can't really tell from the camera angles. But then the reason I think it did happen that she did get hit with the wine glass is because then Monique then starts to take her left hand, which is on the top part of Candace's wig and just starts punching her with that hand. Yeah. I think she like thought, 
well, she, she got hit by the wine glass and was like, all right, now I'm punching, but still holding on with her right hand to the bottom part of Candace's hair. Right. And Candace is like waving around the broken wine glass and Monique is holding on. And that's when people start piling onto her. Monique let go. Monique let go. Monique let go. And Monique says she blacked out. She just doesn't remember what happened at this point. And um, I do think at that point, at that point, it is reasonable. So it was really uncomfortable to watch. But after seeing it slowed down and realizing that Monique had had a full glass of wine in her face, that Candace had a broken wine glass in her hand, Monique's face had been cut. And then also Monique not entirely knowing who was pushing her away. And it was Candace and then also Giselle. And it looks like maybe Wendy's arm gets in there to try to separate them. I do believe Monique when she says she blacked out in the heat of the moment during that point, watching it, that in my opinion, is reasonable to believe her. And like, this isn't part of the same episode, but after she has like a meeting to try and figure out what happened, because even she doesn't know what happened. Yeah. She remembers seeing a wine glass. She remembers seeing arms and she doesn't really know what happened. So I think that kind of not justifies what she did, but I think gives her more credibility for claiming it was self-defense. So during the whole heat of the moment thing, seeing it slowed, going through it frame by frame, looking at the analysis that you did, it looks way more two-sided. And I think part of the reason why having been a fan of the show and watching it, my implicit bias came up. I see Monique is very strong, very tough, and somebody that would not hesitate to defend herself or aggressively go after somebody. And I see Candace more, I mean, by my bias with her is that she's like a country club kid that's never been in a fight, doesn't have any idea of like, any real street smarts or anything and that she's not that she's really more of a victim in this situation but then looking at it frame by frame I don't think that anymore yeah I mean and we'll, we'll go on and talk about what happened after but so do you think there was self-defense here on other either side and like what is self-defense most jurisdictions have the defense of self-defense where you say, yes, I did commit battery or strike this person, or there was physical contact, but I had to do that to defend myself. Importantly, you are only allowed to use the force necessary to defend yourself. And you typically have a duty to do that and disengage if you can. You're only allowed to use reasonable, uh, at a reasonable amount of force to defend yourself. You can't escalate it and that, that gets tricky because a lot of people don't realize that. They think that if someone punches them, that they're allowed to just hit them back. And legally, they might, you're not allowed to stay and keep fighting if you don't have to. So mm -hmm. if someone hits you and you can retreat, you really should do that instead of striking. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Legal Team. Have you guys been on Quince's website recently? I shopped on there like three years ago for the first time and bought myself a bunch of cashmere sweaters. I lived in the black cashmere sweater, lived in it. And I hadn't shopped on there for a while because my cashmere sweaters lasted for a really long time. But I decided to go back on there and oh my gosh, have they completely expanded everything that they offer. The workwear, they have washable silk. And I mean, it's so affordable. I also shared with you all that I'm recently engaged and I'm in the middle of wedding planning. So anytime I'm shopping, I'm thinking about wedding, 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 wedding. And they have everything I need for the wedding. I just booked my honeymoon. We're going to go to Southeast Asia. It's going to be hot there. And I've been looking for good linen pieces. Guess what? Quince has good linen pieces and they start at only $30. Then I'm like, okay, we need to get our wedding bands. You know who has fine jewelry now? 14 karat gold quince. So I send the link to Avery and I'm like, you have to get your wedding band from here. It's affordable and it looks just like any other wedding band. I mean, it looks great. Another thing I'm doing, again, I have wedding on the brain. I want to look my best. So I'm like, okay, I really want cute little matching sets to go work out in. It's the only way I can get motivated. I have to like wear a cute little matching set. I've gotten really into Pilates and guess what? Quince has the matching sets. They look identical to matching sets I've already purchased from another sports brand. They have the same thing. And at a fraction of the cost, I was able to get two tops and one pair of pants for the same price that I could only get one set at this other sportswear place. I mean, come on. Quince is just killing it. If you've shopped there before, it's time to go back on again. They have just completely expanded the categories of goods that they have to offer. They're not just all about cashmere sweaters anymore. They have got a ton of stuff, and I highly recommend you go check it out. If you're ready to go try out Quince, go to quince.com slash docket to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That is q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash docket to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That is an amazing guarantee on their goods. So go check it out. I highly recommend it, guys. Jack, when Monique had the wine thrown on her face and she couldn't see and she didn't know who was pushing her, I think when she reached out and grabbed Candace's 
pair, this was a mutually consented fight, just as they determined they're both egging each other on. Monique has just wine all in her face. Some of it gets on Robin. Her eyes are closed. Candace is clearly like leaning towards her, like they had words. I think what she does immediately thereafter is reasonable, especially because Candace has a broken wine glass in her hand. Somebody could have really, really gotten hurt. Like that's scary. So I do think attempting to just hold Candace down, especially when Candace had that. uh, And even when she was kind of like hitting over her head, I feel like that was right in the second. It was right in the moment. And an argument could be made that this is self-defense because I think Candace still had a hold of her jacket. There are good arguments to be made that there were uh, there was mutual kind of self-defense in that situation. Agreed. And then, so with self-defense, words are not adequate provocation to no. justify self-defense. Talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta. That's a good example. Yes. Uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, when Portia attacked Kenya. Mm-hmm. If we're going to talk about provocation and like, can you... Basically, what we're saying is, can you make an argument to a judge or a jury that, yes, I did hit this person, but my defense is I was provoked into hitting them. So fighting words, like is it another word for that kind of legal concept? And when Kenya yelling at Portia and making comments about her having Portia having cheated on her husband, and I think Kenya had a bullhorn or a wand, props even, she had provocation props. Thing is, there isn't a defense. Even what mm-hmm. she said, even though what Kenya was doing was purposely to upset Portia, there that isn't a legal defense to Portia's behavior. 100% provoked, but as far as how the law works, you still don't have the right to put your hands on somebody. Right. And so when researching this, I came across that provocation. You can, in some jurisdictions, a minority of jurisdictions actually, you can claim that provocation is a mitigating factor for your sentence. So essentially you've already been found guilty of assault and or battery, but now you're saying, Hey, I shouldn't be charged to the fullest extent because I was provoked. That is actually a thing in some jurisdictions, but in the majority, it's not really. And I think there's like some debate as to whether or not it should be. I think I'm on the side where it shouldn't be. It could lead to an area where people justify their bad behavior. They like try to find words to justify their physical attack. But I guess it could also see it be like pro it as well in these fights. I don't know. It's it's hard, but there is a lot of debate over it. So I want to I want to point out two things. One, while it isn't provocation isn't a legal defense, prosecutors are human. And I worked in a prosecutor's office. And when you get a police report and you're making the decision as to how to charge a certain crime, when you read the police report, like that does go into maybe how you charge the crime because you do have discretion. So, you know, maybe you charge it as a disorderly conduct, which is like a class C misdemeanor instead of a class B misdemeanor, which would be a higher level, which would be a battery, which is a crime against a person. You know, if you really feel like this person was provoked, I mean, prosecutors are human. They don't have to do that, but they can look at that and they can charge it looking at the circumstances lower. Or if you have a really bad criminal record and they want to get you, they'll charge it as high as they can. And then maybe you can plea it down to what you actually did. Maybe we should jump back a little bit. So there's the charging stage where mm-hmm. you charge of the crime. And in most jurisdictions, that's when the police forward their report to the prosecutor's office, the district attorney's office, and then the district attorneys decide how that's going to be charged. Then it goes to whatever division. 
And then if it's just a misdemeanor, you have like a little bench trial, which is where it's just in front of a judge and you argue the facts and put on evidence. Um, If it's a felony or higher, there's usually a preliminary hearing to determine whether or not there is probable cause to charge you with a felony. And then after that, it goes on to the further evidentiary stage where you either plea out and agree to the facts or you have a jury trial or you, if you waive jury trial, you have a bench trial in front of a judge. And then after that, after you've been determined to be guilty, then there is the sentencing phase. And so that's what we're talking about here with a mitigating circumstance. And if you have a good criminal defense attorney, that criminal defense attorney will set the scene for the judge and be like, look, this person has no prior criminal history, just coming off postpartum depression. She was provoked. Explain the whole situation to the judge because the judge, unless they have like mandatory minimum sentencing, which in misdemeanors, this is a thing, but like the judge can take all of the facts into consideration and say, okay, based on all of this, and then the fact that you've sought anger counseling before even your sentencing or whatever, I am going to reduce your sentence to blah, blah, blah. But provocation isn't necessarily a defense. Well, not necessarily, it's not a defense to like a physical contact. It is something that should be considered by a good criminal defense attorney at various stages of your case. Yeah. Right. And I, and plugging in, going back to self-defense, that's a defense, a legal defense to the charge. So if there is like a, a claim, a defense of self-defense, that could, could find you to be not guilty based on a defense of right. self-defense. Right. Important yeah. thing so to that, know self-defense too, is you, you're innocent until proven guilty, but you have to admit like, yes, I did that, but I, it's not a crime because I was only defending myself. Mm-hmm. And then something we forgot to mention about self-defense is that there can be a cooling off period. Say someone spits on you, you run to the bathroom, you wipe it off. You're like, wait, someone just spat on me. I'm going to go back and kick their butt. No. Self-defense ends. Like it's, it's gone. Like I said, it has to be, you're using the reasonable amount of force to actually, because at that point you're not defending yourself. You're attacking somebody for retribution. It comes up here also in the fight with Monique and Candace. And I think this is where it gets hard to defend Monique. It's really easy to, I think, now that we've gone play by play, to defend Monique in the initial fight. But then when she goes into the stairwell, cools off, well, quote unquote, cools off with the producer, runs down the stairwell, escapes outside and starts running, there's no self-defense there. But she's okay, but here's the here's the thing I would argue that that shouldn't even go to a fact finder. She didn't actually do anything. So there was no right. So there's no assault because Candace didn't even know she was trying to find her. There's no bad because these are crimes against people. So what mm-hmm. there's no person she committed this crime against. Like when she did try to get away from the producer and you know, by allegedly go after her. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, there's no I, I guess, would say I would yeah. say that's prejudicial. That's unduly prejudicial if you show that to a fact finder because it doesn't tend to prove a fact of consequence to the determination of the action. Mm-hmm. So but had she ran to the car and started punching Candace after her. Yeah, well that's a different crime. Been, yeah. It's a totally yeah, different that would be a different charge. Cooled off. There's no self-defense there. Right. There's no provocation there even though she said she heard her like talking crap about about her across from the door to me there it's done there's no yeah defense to that so hypothetically if Monique had actually managed to get to Candace when she left the stairwell with the producer and went after her and put her hands on her yeah there's no I don't see a self-defense to that unless Candace was driving a car straight at her (laughs) 
<laughs> like you know like I, which then I would like run back in I don't think that's all that's all hypothetical and because if we're talking about like in an actual court like because what happened after they were separated didn't result in a crime against a person I would say that's just super prejudicial you have to look at it separately and I would argue that that should be excluded yeah I agree that's a really good point yeah I don't think we discussed that before so I'm glad you brought it up so I think the thing that is bothering a lot of people is that there's no outcome in this. Like we won't ever know who legally, I guess, was guilty and who legally was innocent. They did file police reports, right? Well, Maryland seems a bit odd. So I, and again, we're not licensed in Maryland. We're not claiming to be Maryland attorneys and we're not giving out legal advice. We're just explaining basic legal concepts for your entertainment. Maryland seems to be a bit odd where the jurisdictions I'm familiar with, and I think most jurisdictions you go to the police to make a police report. Maryland appears to let a citizen go straight to the district attorney's office and fill out a charge form. And so it circumvents the police entirely. And then they, she signed an affidavit saying this happened and described it in a way that fit the elements of the crime. Then Monique went back and did the same thing about mm-hmm. Candace. And so that's how they were dueling charges. And now that this has been slowed down, and I've looked at it frame by frame and I've seen the physical contact between the two it makes sense to me why there. Cause I mean, Candace was acting this whole time. Like she had just not done anything wrong and that Monique just attacked her. I mean, she was playing the victim card, like 100%. Just because you lose the fight doesn't mean you didn't participate in it. But then I think some people get confused with like, there's a lot of like confusion about like filing charges. People think like you can walk into the courthouse, you go to the DA and suddenly you started the case, but that's not, that's not how this happens, right? No. So it's, it is the, okay. For take, for example, a super common one that people know about the people versus OJ Simpson. And when Mm -hmm. you see like a criminal and that's the criminal case, because it is the government, i.e. the people saying that this is a crime and you're going to be prosecuted for it. So the state versus so-and-so the state versus Monique Samuels, the state versus Candace Diller criminal case is the government prosecuting the defendant for the good of the people of that entire state, uh, ostensibly to serve, to serve the two main goals of criminal prosecution, which is deterrence and punishment. So there's the government saying, you did something, you committed a crime against a person, uh, you did something wrong, and it is our duty as the government to punish you for that in order to deter other people from doing it, so on and so forth. This whole criminal justice yeah. theory, whole other thing. That's, and make sure you don't do it again. Right. That's yeah. criminal. Civil case, anybody that can find an attorney willing to file a case and has the money for the filing fee can file a, a civil case. And that really is that person pressing those uh, claims against the other person. It is just one person saying, I want usually almost always money and I'm going to have this lawyer file this lawsuit so that you have to give me and my lawyer money. Right. Right. And like the outcomes of them are totally different. So like criminal, you can have like a a fine, you can go to jail, like community service can be the outcome. In civil cases, a lot of the times it's damages. And you mentioned um, when we discussed before, like an injunction. So yeah. telling someone to stop their behavior. And I think, yeah, it's it's easy to conflate the two or think they're the same. But right. 
sometimes there can be like two different outcomes based on the same sets of facts or the same fight or the same occurrence. Just like OJ Simpson, people are familiar with that. He was found not guilty in the criminal court, which the burden of proof is beyond a reasonable doubt. But then they filed a civil claim against him for the death of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. And he was found to be guilty of civilly. So he had civil, which is just money. He had civil penalties and fines that he paid for Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, so I think that wraps it up. Our next episode is going to be a civil lawsuit between Candy Burris and Kim Zolciak over the recording and writing and promoting of the song, Don't Be Tardy for the Party. There was a little a lawsuit that I think a lot of people have forgotten about. But yeah, we'll go through that in our next episode. Uh, yeah, and that's so a yeah. great one because that's another one where, okay, there's what's what's right and wrong morally. And Mm -hmm. what there's what somebody should do. And then there is what the law says. So it's, that's another really good one. Um, And I'm, I'm excited to talk about that too. Yeah. So thank you for joining us and tune in next time. Thank you. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Bravo Docket is part of the ACAST Creator Network.